0: Welcome to Cyber Marketing Con day two. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're super excited for this session. We're big fans of Dr. Hasib. We've been following him for a while and we're so happy he's gracing us with a great deal of his advice and wisdom today. Dr. Hasib, thank you so much for being with us today. Dr. Hasib has established a global personal brand as a digital strategist and business executive, author, and of course, public speaker brings 30 years of experience in healthcare, biotechnology, education, cybersecurity, and energy. His new book, Bring Inner Greatness Out, explains how sales and marketing has changed dramatically from an expensive ad-driven strategy to an inexpensive, but highly effective personal brand-driven strategy. And I think a lot of us on the marketing teams are trying to drive this pivot along with the sales team social selling, brand, and everything. So I'm pretty sure Dr. Hasib will dive a little bit deeper and bring a human element to that sales and marketing relationship. He won the Global 2017 People's Choice Award in cybersecurity and competing against 19 companies and three individuals. He repeated this feat in 2020.
1: Thank you, Maria. That was amazing. I really appreciate that. and Thank you all for joining today. For us to buy anything... Value has to be higher than the price. And then the higher the value compared to the price, the more likely we are to buy it. But value is a feeling. It's an emotion. In traditional marketing, feeling of value is created through ads, TVs, newspaper, radio, billboards, content marketing, you name it. However, these are all very expensive with very short shelf life and limited impact, and therefore they have to be repeated constantly, sometimes multiple times during a single day. However, technology has democratized mass communications, and we all have a voice today and can build personal brands through thought leadership and knowledge sharing on a global scale, which means every person in any company now can be a brand ambassador. It is cheap, has a long shelf life and lasting impact because other people value and share our content with their network. Let me share a story to explain this. In April of 2016, I joined a university as chair of a program. The program was 10 years old. Enrollment fluctuated between 1,000 to 1,500 students globally. As soon as I joined, I adjusted my personal branding activities to promote the program at a cost of zero. That fall, we had the highest enrollment ever in the history of the program. Enrollment increases averaged between 48% to 69% annually, even though the overall enrollment at the university was down 4.2% and the marketing department had actually laid off a whole bunch of people that were student recruiters. So what did I do that was so different from anyone else? And why did this happen? First, I established a relationship with all students and faculty in my program using digital tools. I established a relationship with Career Services so students would start their job searches at the beginning of the programs not at the end after graduation when they're really struggling and scared and nervous. I coached students on personal branding and thought leadership presentations and made it part of the core curriculum because I believe knowledge alone is not sufficient. You need to be able to talk about yourself and you need to have a personal brand to break through the noise to land jobs. I encouraged students and faculty to mention the name of the university and the program name every time they did anything. Every time I spoke, I negotiated free display tables, booths, free passes for students. At times I was able to take 50, 30, 25 students for free. Guess what happened as they were networking through the conference? They were promoting my program and its reputation. We entered contests and won awards individually as well as for the program. The program won best cybersecurity higher education program in the USA 2 years in a row in 2018 and 2019. Graduates won award, faculty won awards. I appeared on TV, I created a YouTube channel and put content from various people on there and content changed on a daily basis so people had a reason to come back. At times, even a single conference had four or five of my representatives speaking at the event. So what did this all do? It created a feeling of incredible value. By the middle of 2019, enrollment grew to 4,800 globally and revenue grew from 30 million to 117 million annually. Now you may ask, was it due to the personal branding activities? Well, in January of 2020, I joined another university and 400 students who would have gone to the previous university followed me to the new university. Enrollment at the previous university plummeted immediately. Today, less than two years after my departure, Enrollment is back down to roughly 1,000 to 1,500 students again. Revenue has dropped so much so quickly that they had multiple rounds of layoffs within the last two years. Let's analyze what happened. For most organizations, including universities, the market is now global. Therefore, marketing also has to be global. However, if you try to do traditional marketing on a global scale, you simply cannot afford it. Traditional marketing relies on local, city, state-level campaigns. But marketing today is all about relationships. And we can never build relationships through ads. We can through personal branding. As we build relationships, we create higher and higher feelings of value. The relationships deepen over time. People develop trust in us and trust has incredible value. You will often pay more to someone you trust, even if someone else offers a lower price. Most often, you will not look at competitors. When we lower prices, because that's another way to make the value appear higher than the price. Well, what happens? It reduces profits. It will also reduce quality which will reduce profits even further. I have never competed on price. That is a losing proposition. So my model has always been to decide what I need to charge to provide the service in a way that it will make a memorable experience for my client. When I was a real estate agent, I used to tell them I will be the best real estate agent you will ever experience in your life. As a professor, I still tell every one of my students, I am the best professor you will ever experience in your life. How much value do you think that is? And then when you deliver, guess what? They're not going to go anywhere else. So personal branding is nothing more than that packaging we put around ourselves. As we project the high quality, we also project high value. Then, Whichever program, initiative, or even conference we associated our brand with, they increase in value. Now, let's examine if personal brands can be more powerful than corporate brands. In 2017, I found myself competing in the People's Choice Award in cybersecurity. There were 23 contenders, four individuals, including me, and 19 companies. Anyone from anywhere in the world could vote for one of the contenders. There were publicity companies, media companies, huge household names, some with over a million subscribers with hefty marketing budgets and massive databases to contact for voting. My budget was zero and my database was 5,000 people. It did not seem fair that little individual me would have to compete against all these massive companies. So I tried to convince the organizers to hold a separate contest for individuals, but they wouldn't. Anyway, I decided to campaign. As people voted, people could see the tally in real time. And this made it really fun. My network and I were stunned when on the very first day, I received hundred votes and started leading the contest by a wide margin. People weren't voting for the companies and None of us could understand this because it was not something we were used to. The executives from the big companies contacted the organizers. What is going on? How can an individual get so many votes? A professor beating out these massive companies? But everybody else was supporting me because I was the underdog. And they had a blast watching the underdog win. On March 22nd, 2017, I received the trophy. So what happened here? Well, here's what happened. Even though my primary database of people were small, when my global supporters learned that I was a contender, they mobilized to support me in a way I had never seen before. They solicited their networks to vote for me. People I did not know voted simply because their friends or relatives had asked them. It was fascinating and heartwarming for me to watch faculty members, students, former students, Professional colleagues all over the world campaigning on my behalf through blogs, stories, articles, phone calls, emails, social media. Hey, I voted for Dr. Aceev. I think you should too. He did this for me. He did that for me. And then these people even started sending me messages wishing me the best. My students were particularly passionate. Many got their children, family members, and friends to vote and then excitedly told me how many votes they got. My niece, threatened to unfriend people if they did not vote for me. (laughs) She got me like 70-some votes. It was incredible. Thus, my network of 5,000 people turned out to be huge with this amazing network multiplier effect. This type of passionate mobilization is never seen on behalf of a company people do not have strong emotional attachments to company brands anymore. Company brands have been tarnished through all these layoffs and really bad treatment of people. People don't have an emotional attachment to companies anymore. And you will see that even longevity in companies is very rare now. People go to a company two, three years later, they want to go to some other company because that loyalty has declined. And as a result of all this experience, one of the things that I learned very well is that people affiliate with people, not with companies. And this started to get seared into my brain. I'm still wondering, well, I was still with a university. Did I win because of the university or did I win because of my brand? In 2020, I had the chance to test this because in 2020, one of my former students nominated me for an award. And this time I had no affiliation with the university anymore. And I was the only contender with no organization name next to my name. This time, I won with the highest number of votes ever cast in that contest. Why? Because my network is now much larger than it was in 2017. And my work is much better known globally now. I'm doing books, audio books, and all these things, and I got videos, I got a hundred videos on my channel, all these activities, it was much easier this time. And that is the power of a personal brand.
0: Thank you so much. By the way, listening to you is so soothing. (laughs) I think a lot of people on this call probably share the same sentiment. You're captivating. So uh, yeah, this is amazing. Amazing stories. Thank you for sharing. And kudos to your niece. Talk about crowdsourcing. I love that. Sometimes it's easier to build your own personal brand on your own if you really want to and you're determined. Now, you said that you can, of course, leverage your organization across teams to do the same. But it is sometimes hard to persuade people to do social selling and build their personal brand and kind of be the face of the company on an individual level. What are some tips that you can give us to be more persuasive to that really, really busy salesperson that'd rather be on the phone than on LinkedIn or the busy founder who's trying to answer all of the board's questions and doesn't have time for LinkedIn or for a live chat? What are some things we can do?
1: The most important thing that you can do is share your knowledge. You are the marketing experts. You are the personal branding experts. So yes, if you can do it on your own, You can also teach this, and guess what? When you start teaching this in your company, everybody's going to become your best friend. How did I implement cybersecurity at various organizations? It wasn't what I implemented, it was what I trained. I used to spend 80% of my time and budget and efforts on training people, educating people, because technology or anything is useless unless people know how to use it. Personal branding, you are 100% correct, Maria. It is hard. That is the biggest reason why I had to write this book because yes, I was coaching people and I was making them great. And you will find tons of their stories in my book about the people that went through my coaching and mentoring and did that. But I have to do this on a global scale. I'm trying to help people that I will never meet perhaps. Those books and my writings actually contain everything in a systematic way. If you look at the reviews, you will see what you need to do is develop your own workshops Every company has their mission. In any cybersecurity company, if you can coach your CEO and the executives in public speaking and personal branding, guess what? They will be huge brand ambassadors for you. The reason I was effective is because I'm program chair. I have a doctor of science in cybersecurity. So when I talk about cybersecurity, there is credibility. If a marketing person talks about cybersecurity, even if they're the best marketing person, they don't have a degree in cybersecurity. They don't teach cybersecurity. If somebody asks them a question about cybersecurity, they cannot really explain. If somebody says, how can I get into the field? Maybe they cannot explain. You need those experts engaged in your marketing. Think of yourself as the conductor of an orchestra. All the other people are the experts. The conductor never plays any instrument, but without the conductor, that harmony, that beautiful orchestra will never work. Think of yourself that way. That's the way I always was. Even at the university, when I was there, I wasn't the only one doing it. Why did I engage all the students? Why did I make them make presentations, write stories, and share their stories? Because every time they did that, not only were they promoting themselves, they were also promoting the program, me, everything. And every time they would go anywhere, they would say, hey, Dr. Haseeb is my mentor. (laughs) So guess what? That promotes me automatically. So this is what you want to do.
2: What I hear from you, Dr. Asib, is you're making almost like that person who you're coaching the hero. Your students are the hero. They're the ones going out and giving presentations. They're the ones going out. And because they're affiliated with the university you're at, that brand value and trust is shared. What I like to do also is make people jealous. <laughs> so I don't know if that's your opinion, Dr. Steve, but if you show, so for example, if I do a post, and it gets four thousand views i could show that to sales and show it and kind of be like woohoo we did this and it might add if your sales are super competitive you can maybe do like some sort of competition there
1: <laughs> well you could but that can become dangerous because remember in well, a team you're on the same team one of the things i've never done is i've never competed within the organization and among the people and i always said that i'm not in competition with you And most of the time, it's not fair because they have different expertise. Think of yourself like an orchestra conductor or a baseball manager. Everybody is a position player. And you will never have a winning team if there's all the other losers in your organization. So when I was winning these awards, even though I was the first to win the award, the very next year, I helped my boss win an award. And the year after that, I helped another person win an award. So, what I was basically portraying is that this is not a one person shop. I was the conductor of the orchestra. And as the students won awards, they were beating out everybody else because they were doing videos, they were doing cyber raps, they were doing cyber humor. So, again, I was bringing out their inner greatness. So, if I see somebody who was doing raps, and actually, this is something also in my book and story because This was one of the things that brought us the award in 2019. One of my students basically wrote a poem about cybersecurity. And I said, wow, this is pretty amazing. A poem about cybersecurity. I've never seen that. But it looked like it had rhythm, rhyme and everything. So I said, hey, can you make this into a rap? I didn't know that she could actually do rap. I just said it. But guess what? Three weeks later, she had a rap. But then I told her to put music on it. She put music on it. Then I said, okay, I want you to open up a cybersecurity presentation with this rap. And she said, oh my God, Dr. See what will people think? I said, look, if you worry about what people will think, you can never be great in this business. You have to break out through the noise. Do what nobody else will dare to do. And nobody else has the talent that you do. You have this unique talent. Nobody else can do this cyber app. So anyway, she trusted me, she did it. And that's what won her the 2019 Rising Start of the Year Award. I mean, that was incredible from ISC Square. Two of my mentees did that. What does that do? It builds them up, but also builds everybody else up along with that. That's what I mean, Gianna. Your question is very, very good. And this is human nature to try to compete within the team, but you never want to do that. That is something I never allowed.
2: That's brilliant.
1: As a matter of fact, during a job interview at at one of the universities, they asked me, why should I hire you? Why are you the best candidate? I said, I am probably the only person who would never knowingly let you fail. I will work very hard to make everyone around me successful. And that's something that I've done throughout my entire life because we can never succeed in a losing team.
0: Dr. Haseeb, tell us a little bit about the human element. You and I were chatting before the session started. And I think a lot of us struggle about how much vulnerability and how much we can put ourselves out there, both on LinkedIn or Twitter, and what's the difference and what's the tone. What, what has worked for you? And what has been sort of that winning tone?
1: This is a beautiful question, Maria. When I coach people on public speaking and this personal branding and then bringing out your inner greatness, you have to reveal the stories inside you. A relationship is an emotional thing. As you start to bring out yourself and show your talents to the world, you will feel vulnerable. That's okay. That's how we all are. It's the same way as you approach the first time you're talking to somebody, it's kind of faltering, right? You don't know what you're saying and all that. But as the relationship deepens, you're able to share more. Well, the same thing, think of it in a global scale. People want to know you. They don't want to know the false Maria. They want to know the real Maria. And guess what? There's only one real Maria in the entire world. Don't be shy about embracing yourself. We don't have any control over where we are born, what the color of our skin is or anything like that or what our accent is. It still makes us who we are. And we can never run away from that. We should embrace that. So that is why in personal branding, one of the first things that I teach people is to embrace yourself. Everybody will have an accent, but the key is to be clear. If you notice, I have an accent, but I work very hard to be very clear in my diction. And that's through training. Anybody can do that. Dr. Haseeb,
2: at my company, I'm sure other companies, there are great, brilliant people who are afraid of putting themselves out there, like our technical people. I work with a lot of people from other countries and they're nervous about speaking on camera. They're very nervous. They don't want to be the star of the show. And I understand that some people are just never going to want to be on camera, but for other people, what are some trainings? What are some things you can suggest that will help them feel more comfortable? And that I can say, hey, as a marketer, I can help you with this training, with this resource, with this support, so that you feel like you can represent the company better and put yourself out there a little more.
1: This is another brilliant question. This is a big hurdle. How are you going to do this? There are two ways. One, there is a non-profit organization called Toastmasters. I am the biggest fan of Toastmasters. I didn't know anything about it. I joined the nuclear power plant. I was literally barely 30 years old. And they told me, hey, if you want to make it an executive leadership, you have to be in this Toastmasters club. So it was a plant club. So you can do Toastmasters as your company organization. You can have a Toastmasters for your company organization, where you start preparing all those pitches and everything that you're going to do, all the public speaking that you're going to do around your brand or whatever, you can do that. Or you can join your regular Toastmasters. or you can join both. There's nothing wrong with that. I learned my public speaking there in 1991. If you notice in my speech, you will not hear Ooh, uh, um, you know all these things. You will also see modulation. You will also see pauses and all these things. Where does that come from? Training. It's a very simple thing. The first thing they put me through is what is called an R ah counter. My very first five-minute speech, I probably had 50 ahs in there. Now, I could go three hours without a single ah. How long does it take? Roughly a year. Many of my mentees, they start to see results within a year. And then they start to become more and more confident because every success will engender more success. So you can never learn to ride a bicycle if you read about it and never ride a bicycle, right? It's the same way, same thing about a car. It's a matter of practice. This is something they have to do. And I would recommend every marketer also because public speaking is so important. You will literally make your compensation 50% higher if you can master the art of public speaking. Public speaking is an art. Same thing with camera presence, use of various devices to improve. And again, in my book, I go through all of that also. I showed every device that I used. I even showed how I edited the sound for audiobooks and all that, and how people can publish their own books and publish audiobooks. How did I get into voice acting? You talked about my ability to deliver. Well, I decided to suddenly, in January, exploit that. I said, wait a minute. I bet you there are lots of authors that can never read their books. They have to hire all kinds of expensive people. So I decided, why don't I start offering? It? So it's another revenue stream. So this is another thing about personal branding and things like that. As you develop your talents, you can start to monetize various things that you never even thought about.
0: Dr. Hasib, I have a question. I want to take you back to a comment you made earlier about being a credible subject matter expert in cybersecurity and how. Sometimes, and not all, marketers will not have that sort of knowledge because they don't come from a technical background. They don't have a cybersecurity degree. But we are expected to jump into the job, understand the highly technical products, and market them and feel confident to talk about them and even write about them. And I know a lot of marketers that are great at this, very members of the society. But there are a lot of marketers that are just getting into cybersecurity, can feel intimidated in a roundtable full of acronyms and technology speak. What advice do you have for those? And what resources could we go to?
1: As long as you know seventh grade English, if you just read my book, Cybersecurity Leadership, that will explain cybersecurity to you in a way that marketers will understand. Not only that, you will actually find that many people in your own company don't really understand cybersecurity. And you could take chapter one of my book and prepare your spiel and presentation on what cybersecurity is. To tell you honestly, if you want to market cybersecurity and you don't know what cybersecurity is or don't know how to explain it, it'll be very hard because right now there are plenty of companies out there that are marketing cybersecurity incorrectly by spelling it wrong. Some people spell it as cyberspace security. Some people do cyber-security. So you can immediately say they don't know the field. And then when you ask them, okay, you want to sell me a cybersecurity solution. What is your definition of cybersecurity? And they cannot define it. They will start to say, oh, it's protecting the information and this and that. No, I even give you a formal definition that you can put out there and it will blow people's minds. One of the simplest way I explain is cybersecurity is people-powered perpetual innovation. Why? Because in the model that I shared, One of the most important thing about cybersecurity is perpetual innovation. If you never innovate, it doesn't matter what kind of product you buy, it will fail because the hackers are innovating continuously. So you stay static, you're a sitting duck. Second thing is configuration. People configure it wrong usually. And if you're not configuring it correctly, it'll be wrong. Then people train other people. Humans are the most important element in the cybersecurity strategy. So that's also something you will find in my book. The book also contains things about how to build teams. The thing that Gianna talked about, the teamwork. How do you build within the team? Well, I have full methodology for building teams. How do you run meetings so that it'll be effective? I show that. There's a whole bunch of things. So all of these leadership elements are right there. That's what a marketer needs. So I'll give you an example. There's a big company actually in Spain that reached out to me, the person who is in, just inherited a job, but she had read one of my books, and she reached out to me and said, Dr. Rizik, how can I be a better marketer? I put her through both books, and then she had a one-hour session with me with her plan because I said, okay, after you've gone through the books, develop a plan. And then spend an hour with me going over your marketing plan, and then we will adjust. Guess what? That was six months ago, and she's still telling me she's making money like crazy. She's getting CEO interviews and all that, and everybody's saying, I've never heard a marketer who can actually explain cybersecurity to me. How is she doing that? You have to learn from the right sources. You can't just go to the wrong sources and understand cybersecurity. Cybersecurity isn't about technology, it's more about people. Think about it perpetual innovation.
0: A really interesting angle that simplifies it a lot. And I think it makes it also less daunting for those of us that still feel intimidated. Thanks for yeah.
1: that. Background oh, economics and political science when I joined the field. And actually I, that was one of my interview questions. You're in economics and political science, what makes you so special? Why should we hire you? So I said, okay. We have the seven layers of networking, but the eighth layer is all about economics and politics. It's all about communications, return on investment. And that's what I know, which most other people with technical backgrounds, computer science backgrounds will not know. That's how I got my very first job at the nuclear power plant.
0: Wow. I know there was something that drew me to you. I'm a political science major myself, but now in marketing.
1: Those are the best people because you know how to build relationships and how to talk.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for this, Dr. Haseeb. How should an introvert begin personal branding from Wendy?
1: Excellent. I would recommend that you join Toastmasters because you will be an introvert until you aren't. Okay. Because the question isn't introversion. Introversion comes mainly from lack of confidence. And what you will get is this confidence that you will develop through practice.
2: My problem is more, I don't feel a lack of confidence.
1: I suffer horribly from imposter syndrome. Mm. Yeah, that also, it's a matter of practice. One of my mentees who won the 2020 Rising Star of the Year Award, she will still tell you she's an introvert, but guess what? She's speaking at global conferences. She's very high in demand. She's working with people on her resumes and stuff like that. How did she do it? When I first even talked to her about going to a conference just to attend a conference, She didn't want to do it. But I said, you will never make it in this field. You will never make it big. Let's say that, okay? Everybody can skate through. But if you really want to break through and have a very successful and happy life and career, you have to do conferences and networking. Well, she started. She started slowly. She would go and all that. And then very slowly, she discovered that she can add various elements. Like she's very humorous. Ah. Now, bring your humor. See, you have to search inside yourself, Wendy. If you go through the book, you will see it actually tells you to identify what you believe are your strengths. You will want to bring as much of those strengths into whatever it is that you're doing. That will change this perspective. For example, I was just telling Maria about me bringing an electric guitar at a Facebook Live event, and it blew the mind of the interviewer. He said, why did you bring that? I said, I want you to ask me that question during the interview. (laughs) Why did I bring that? (laughs) Because I can. (laughs) You should do things because you can.
0: I love that. I'm totally bringing a guitar to my next one-on-one with the CEO. (laughs) This is amazing. Okay. We have something from Jen. Do you have any guided meditations in addition to your books? If not, you should.
1: (laughs) We don't know what somebody is going to need. So you will have to figure out what it is you will have to do to get to the goal. So my student, who is the cyber rapper, she was very afraid of public speaking and all that. She told me she's very afraid of crowds and public speaking. So I said, look, I don't know what you need to do to overcome that fear, but you will have to overcome that fear and go out there because otherwise you can never be great. So here's what she did she figured out there's this gadget she found on Amazon where she can put it on her head and she can have a virtual crowd. She practiced with that virtual crowd for six months. Six months, she did it. So you have to have the discipline. It does take work. See, bringing out your inner greatness is work, but it can be done. It's systematic. I don't know what somebody will need to get there, but when they do, It'll be amazing because the very first time you do it, you'll get confidence. The next time, easier and easier and easier. The other day, that same student who was afraid to speak in front of a crowd spoke in front of 1,700 people. And her mom actually sent me a note and said, I don't know what you did with her because she was shy. She would never speak and everything. But you certainly brought out her inner greatness. But you see, I didn't bring it out. I told her, this is what you have to do. Now, how you do it, you have to figure this one out. I didn't know that there was even a gadget like that, that you could do this simulated uh, crowd. But that was a brilliant idea.
0: Amazing, amazing so far. I need to follow up for some personal coaching. (laughs) You've inspired me today. But in all
1: sincerity, don't do personal coaching until you've read my materials. Read Hmm. the two books then what you will find is that even one hour of personal coaching will be dramatic because you need to have a plan. If you have a plan, then only one hour of coaching will be dramatically different because otherwise the audiobook for the personal branding is nine hours long. So that's a lot of sessions.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been truly inspiring and very calming and just amazing session. Thank you for being with us and giving us an hour of your time. Thank you so much again.
1: Thank you, Maria. That was wonderful. Thank you for hosting.
0: Pleasure is ours. Thank you.